0: Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is Our Chosen Podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. God is so good. Before you're seated, look at your neighbor and say, girl, you look Good tell your other neighbor, say, girl, I know I look good. <laughs> yes, you could be seated in the name of Jesus. Hasn't today been amazing and last night? Hasn't last night and today been amazing, ladies? I want to just honor your pastor, Pastor Cindy Godwin, such an amazing Woman of God, I've been, I think, to eight chosen events, and I just come just to hang out with y'all because I love her. I think she has an amazing conference, and I just want to thank you, Pastor Cindy, because you've impacted my life in so many ways. You have no idea how how it makes me feel to know I have a true godly friend in San Antonio. And let's just honor her. Just let's stand up and honor her. Nineteen years of blessing lives we love you pastor cindy so god is good i am excited i'm gonna say it again y'all i'm excited don't, don't act like you're not going to talk back to me, amen, all right? Listen, I'm going to uh, go ahead and start with my scripture. I'm coming from Isaiah 60 and 1, and I love Pastor Cindy's uh, themes. It's so amazing how God is just doing great things through this house, and y'all are blessed to, be, to belong to such an amazing church. But Isaiah 60 and 1 says, Arise, shine for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. I'll say it again. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these women. I thank you for the word that's gone forth. Thank you, God, that it's impacted our hearts and our minds, and Lord, I thank you that this word will be brought with clarity. Father, bring everything back to our remembrance, Lord, and I thank you, Lord, that we will leave here changed, never again the same, in Jesus name. We all shout amen. 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 So y'all, I turned 50 this year. And for the first time in my life, I finally feel true fulfillment and joy. The best way to describe it is that I feel like I have everything that I need. Now, understand this, my life's not perfect. I've got issues. I've got problems like everybody else. Things come up, things that we don't expect happen in our lives. But I feel like I'm in a season of enjoying a harvest. You know, Galatians 6, 9, and 10, uh, Chrissy mentioned it. It says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we do not faint. And I've been working a long time. I've been praying a long time. I've been serving a long time. I've been faithful a long time. I'm always quick to give to the church and give to the body of Christ. And it's been tough. Can I get an amen? It's been hard, but guess what? When I was weary, thank God I didn't faint. And the word is true that in due season, even though due took about 10 years, in due season, I feel like I'm reaping this harvest and I'm not apologizing for it. I'm enjoying it. I'm thankful that I'm in this season of my life. Thank you for the five people that are excited with me, but I am glad. That I am enjoying this great life. So the Lord reminded me of this scripture probably a few weeks after I was 50. In 2 Peter 1 and 3, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. His divine power has given us everything we need. And I feel that within my spirit, that I am walking in an everything we need realization, that everything we need, God has given to us by His divine power, power, the invisible source that comes from God. The power of God is real. The power of God is mighty to save. The power of God can be felt. The power of God is delivered to us by his grace. The power of God is in his word. The power of God never runs out. The power of word keeps on going. The power of word has been keeping all of us. The power of God is that resurrecting power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, lives and dwells in our body. It's the power of God. The reason why we're standing here right now in this beautiful church is because of God's power. If you know that to be true, give God a shout of hallelujah. It's his power, his keeping power, his wonder-working power. Anybody remember, there is power. Power, wonder-working power. Oh, the millennials are like, what? Wait. Yeah. Back then, we didn't need a words on the, on the screen because we sung the same three verses about 20 minutes. <sighs> but there's power, wonder-working power and the blood of the Lamb, right? But power is expected. When you walk into a building, you expect the building to have power, We go on with our lives knowing that wherever we go, we're gonna have power. Wherever we we show up, our work will have power, our job will have power, home should have power, amen. If not, get it back turned on, amen. Power is a resource that's not just necessary, but it's an expected resource. And we are the power lines of God, we are the light of the world. We are the distributors of his power. We are the light carriers. The word of God says this in John 8, 12. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And then goes on to explain in Matthew 5, 14, that you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Tell your neighbor, you are the light of the world. We are now the lie of the world because of our connection to our power source, Jesus Christ. The only time that we recognize power's not flowing in the natural is when there's a power outage. When it happens, it's a big deal. Can I get an amen, y'all? When power goes out, there is an immediate problem and we want to get it fixed right away. And you know what? The enemy who comes to steal, kill and destroy wants to do the same thing with us, but in the supernatural realm. He wants us to have rolling blackouts where blackouts happen all of a sudden because we have disconnected from our power source. Technicians explain it this way. They say that they call it a power outage, but understand this, the power's never out. The power is always so flowing. What happened is that the power cannot flow to where it needs to, because the transmission is broken, or the lines are down. So the power never ends. It's the way it's transmitted. When it gets disrupted, is when there's a problem. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about this afternoon. See, I believe that there are some women here that have been experiencing a power outage. It's not that the power of God's not still flowing. It's just that you've had some conditions happen in your life that have knocked you down and maybe knocked you out. Or maybe your grid isn't as effective as it used to be. But that's okay. God wants to restore power in your life. You know, there are some trees in my backyard and I live in Phoenix, Arizona, and to have trees is a very big deal. It's a desert, but I'm blessed with a beautiful backyard. We live on two acres. I'm very thankful for that. We've got plush trees and these trees were growing to a point that they were pushing on our power lines. And so the power company left me a nice little letter and said, I need to cut my trees back. I need to get my trees pruned. I got to get my trees pruned because the overgrowth could cause a disruption with the power. You know, the Word of God talks about pruning. John John 15 and 2 says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that there'll be more fruit. Pruning is when dead branches or overgrowth is removed to to produce or to promote more growth. It's when dead branches are removed that causes rejuvenation. Pruning is never to hurt you. Pruning is always to help you. And there are times in life when God prunes things out of us, prunes people away out of us. He removes people and things because he knows they're not fruitful for our life and they are causing power disruption. See, all of us have had experience with people that drain us. Can I get an amen? It's that person that you call that when you see their name, you're like, oh, Jesus. I'm going to make myself unavailable. We've got family members. We've got friends. We've got even children that will drain and suck you dry. And they are a power disruption to your life. They're not fruitful for you. They are just full of overgrowth. And every time you get off the phone, you feel worse than you did when you picked up the phone and God will be giving you hints that pruning needs to take place. These people are takers and collectors. They don't add to you, they take from you. And see, when you need to cut people off, oh, help us, Jesus, I know we love G, Je- I I know we're Christians and we love everybody, but there are moments when we need to cut people off, amen. And you gotta do it in a way that's not rude. Just say, it's not, it's not personal, I'm just pruning. Praise the Lord. It's not, It's not personal, I'm just pruning. You're being pruned, praise the Lord. Good for you. (laughs) Spiritual pruning causes spiritual growth. And there are times in your life where you must make lifestyle changes to make sure that your relationship with Jesus is priority number one. I love my husband, he's awesome. We've been married 30 years. I've shared my testimony of ups and downs. Yes, I've been married 30 years. He is so cute, he is good to me, best preacher in the world, I love him so much. But before I knew Jesus, I had this husband obsessed life. Am I by myself? Okay, come on, don't make me feel bad, y'all. I was obsessed with whatever he did, whatever he said. And and honestly, it was a little kind of form of idol worship. And it really kind of weaved into my finding Jesus because I was worshiping a man that always lets you down and breaks your heart. So God's like, why don't you give me a try? I'm faithful. God's like, you can find me anytime you call, I'll show up. Come on, somebody. God is like, I'm here, I come running. I love my husband, he's amazing. And I've been delivered of that sort of weird, strange relationship. I love Jesus first, then my husband, my family, my church. It's all, you know, the way it should be. But there are times where I get in a weird mode when my husband is just so kind and so smooth and so sexy and takes me out and just treats me like a queen. And I'm like, oh gosh, I just love this man. And I get weird and God knows it. And then he'll do something really stupid. And I'm like, "Uh, no, nah, never mind. Jesus, you're my priority, Jesus." Cuz there we go. But Jesus. That's a part of pruning too. God will remove things from your life that are not healthy for you because God wants you to love him first. If anything disrupts your power, God will say, prune it, get rid of it, cut it back. It's interfering with what I need to do in your life. It's causing you more damage than good. You know, another way that our power is disrupted is when you plug into things that look like they're working, but they're really not. I went to charge my phone here at the hotel and i found an outlet that's what you do you find an outlet you plug it in went to sleep woke up the morning no charge isn't that so frustrating when you plug it in it should be charging do you check it no you don't check it remember it's an expected resource but then i figured that the switch was connected The plug was connected to the switch. You know, I turned the switch on for it to work. And I'm like, that's so stupid. They should just have it working the whole time. (laughs) But do you realize sometimes we plug into things that look like it's going to supply power, but it's not supplying anything? Astrology tarot cards, people reading your future, this new age movement that tries to kinda be like Jesus but has no Jesus in it. You've gotta be careful you're not plugging into the wrong thing that sounds right but isn't right. And the only way you'll know that is if you know the Word of God. The Word of God is packing power. The Word of God is anointed all by itself. The Word of God is life-giving, life-changing. So if you're plugged into the wrong source and you're not feeling that you are growing or feeling any stronger, it could be because you're tapped into the wrong source of power. What else disrupts power? Well, God, you asked. Weather conditions is the most common disruption to power. Storms of life are real. Sandy, my heart went out to you when I heard about your year. I, 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 that, listen, I've been through sucky years too. And There's no other way to look at it. Some times just suck. Sorry, is that bad here in San Antonio? There's no other way to say it. Well, there's another way, but I can't say that because we're, anyway. <laughs> but they're real. Storms are real. Sometimes storms come out of nowhere without warning. Sometimes storms are created by God. Sometimes storms are created by people. The worst is when they create them with ourselves. Anybody been in the self-inflicted, self-created storms? Storms can be purposeful, but they don't feel good. Storms increase our strength, they increase our stamina, they grow our faith, but sometimes those winds of disappointments and those flooded betrayals can make you feel knocked out and you, you lose connectivity to your power source. I can remember when I gave my life to Jesus, the first year or so, man, my life was rainbows and sunshine. Do you remember when you first got saved? You were blessed everywhere. You would find money on the floor. People would just be giving you stuff. You would pray and the next day you'd get it. God was just answering things all the time. You're blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed when you come, blessed when you go. You're just blessed, blessed, blessed. Everybody say blessed, blessed, blessed. Then after about a year or so of that, you start going through things called trials, tribulation. It's like It was a kindergarten of your uh, discipleship and then it becomes the high school. There's no in between. I can remember out of nowhere, clouds began to gather. Winds began to blow in my life. The rain came, the floods began to rise and storms can make you feel like you are again in another spiritual power outage. It's not that the power's not flowing. It's just that your power's out. You all know the scripture, John 16:33 says, in this world we have tribulations, but tribulation can sometimes knock you out of your power source. Have you ever been in church? You show up, but you don't feel anything. You're listening, but you're really not receiving. Oh, come somebody. You raise your hand, but you're not feeling that connection like you used to have. It's nothing wrong with it. It's just you. You're just going through a storm. You're going through a flood. And we sometimes do and say things we shouldn't when we're faced with storms. In Mark 4:35, the word says that that day, when evening came, he, Jesus said to the disciples, "Let us go to the other side." And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in a boat. There were also other boats with them. And then a furious squall which means a sudden violent gust of wind that brings rain, sleet or snow, came up and the waves broke over the boat. So that it was nearly swamped or almost flooded. And Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion and the disciples woke up and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? The disciples asked this question out of a place of weakness. Have you been in a place of weakness and said, Jesus, do you not care about me? Do you see what's going on down here, Jesus? Jesus, can you give a sister a bone? Help me out, Jesus. Do you care if I drown? Do you care if I fail? Of course you know Jesus cares, but when you're going through storms of life and you lose that power of connectivity, you start to ask questions that you know you shouldn't be asking the Lord. I know what it's like to be in church struggling. I know what it's like to be in church not feeling the power of God. I know what it's like to be in church seeing people cry and be touched by the anointing and they're wondering, Lord, what's wrong with me? I'm not feeling it anymore. I felt so emotionally weak that I could barely walk into a service, let alone hold my hands up to worship. But then, thank God, I remembered when we are weak, He is strong. I have no power, but he has all the power. And aren't you glad that God perfects his power in our weakness? The Bible goes on to say in that story of Mark 4 and 39, he got up, rebuked the wind to the waves and said, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. Aren't you glad that our Jesus, even though he might appear to be sleeping or he's not maybe seeming like he's involved in our situation, that when you call on him, he has a way to stand up in your situation and say, peace, be still. He can say, peace, that's enough. If you know that to be true, come on, Give God a hand praise that you know Jesus can say, peace, be st- still in your situation of life, and then you're back connected to the power of God. There might be a flood in your life, but remember this right now, that Isaiah 58:19 says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, he will raise a standard against him, meaning that God has a limit, that there's only so high that the flood can go. That's because God's power will say, peace, that's enough. There's another thing that helps us be disrupted from God's power. And that's extreme temperature. Have you guys, do you guys have that here in Texas? In Arizona, man, it gets hot. Stuff starts breaking down. We didn't have air in our church for two Sundays. Man, that was horrible. 56,000 square foot concrete building with no air. We were still having church like, we don't care. We're going to sweat it out because Jesus is Lord. No, really, I'm like, who's going to fix this thing? moments in our life where we encounter fiery trials. No matter how you try to avoid them, y'all, you will be tried by fire. And if you've not been tried by fire, I got one thing to tell y'all, keep living. If you're not being tried by fire, you you must be excusing yourself from the trial. And guess what that does? Just prolongs the process. See, 1 Peter 4 and 12 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice with exe- that you, with, to the extent that you partake in Christ's sufferings, that when the glory is revealed, you may be glad of the seeding joy. I don't know about you, but I don't like rejoicing for trials. <laughs> I mean, there's facts about trials that aren't rejoiceful. Um, fiery trials are mentally distressing. They're confusing. They're internally disturbing. They're emotionally frustrating. It doesn't make any sense. You feel dismay when you, that's when you're in a state of disbelief. I can't believe I'm going through this or I can't believe I'm facing this again. Trials come in various ways. They can show up in your marriage, in your family, in your workplace. You can deal, they can deal with your physical health, with your mental health, your finances, personal struggles. Your kids begin to lose their mind. Everything's going right, but your teenagers forgot that they are saved and born again and they're trying to act like their best friends with the devil. <laughs> but trials are necessary for growth. They refine us. They remove purity, impurities from our lives. When you remember when you're going through that, know that you can still tap into the power source. But the reason why you're going through the trial by fire, the temperature's hot, is because God is trying to remove something out of your life. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing. See, listen, refuse to unplug from the power when you're going through your process. I'm going to say that again. Refuse to unplug from the power when you're going through your process. Stay plugged in. It's a process that means that there's an end to it that it won't last always. That by the time you get out of it, you're gonna feel stronger and wiser. You're gonna have more knowledge under your belt. You're gonna have more wisdom. You're gonna have more power because you stayed connected to the powerful one, even though you wanted to unplug. Stay rooted, stay grounded, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord. Make sure that you don't allow the heat to kick you out of what God's trying to do in your life. And my last example is this. Overload could be disrupting your power. Woman of God, you're doing too much. Tell your neighbor, have a seat. Tell your neighbor. I know she's already sitting, but figuratively, tell your neighbor, have a seat. When you take on too much and you forget that there's a God who's waiting and willing to take that heavy burden from you, you can be in an overload moment where you forget that you've not been created to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. I know there are some moms in here that maybe were raised that way, maybe a single mom situation where you're able to do it all. You can handle it all. I don't need no help. I don't need no man. I got this. And maybe you're like, I'm used to just juggling everything. But honestly, there is a God who is willing to aid and assist you by the power of the Holy Spirit, giving you ideas and wisdom that can say, let me help you out. You don't have to do everything. You don't have to make sure everything is perfect in your home for it to be livable in. Be clean, but don't be junky, amen, Praise the Lord. You've not been created to carry everything. How about this? You can't be everything for everyone at the same time. And I dealt with this for years because I wanted to be super mom, and it's crazy. Because usually when you're super mom, you're super nuts. You're ecstatic, you're erratic. You get on pretty much everyone's nerves in the house. They just don't tell you. They talk about you behind your back. Oh, come on, they do. Kids be talking about you. And the daddy pops in Same. I understand this, that you have looked at your life as you're the one pushing the boulder up a hill and you feel good about it. But God's like, listen, you don't have to push that boulder. I've got this. If you would just give me your burdens, I can carry them from you. Luke ten thirty eight through 42, we meet a woman, Martha and Mary, their sisters. I'm going to paraphrase the story, but Jesus was coming to the, well listen, Jesus already came to the house. Now, listen, when I read the Bible, I read it with my own interpretation. So pray for me, Lisa. It could be theologically incorrect, but this is my imagination. That's why we need to pray. Mary and Martha are sisters. Jesus comes. Jesus is in the house. And the Bible says that um, Martha is preparing for Jesus to get there. Now, when I think of preparing, I think of cleaning, candles lit, things are organized, stuff off the table into the junk drawers, praise the Lord, pillows fluffed, Febreze sprayed, bleach in the toilet. Come on, y'all, I'm old school. I use bleach. Nobody died from bleach. Bleach. When you come in, I'm prepared. But the Bible says Jesus was there. So really technically, if he's already in it, you don't need to do it. It is what it is. That's what I'm thinking. But she was preparing because Jesus was there. She's cooking, cleaning, and all that. And the Bible goes on to say that Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to him. And the Bible says, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Even though he was there. Listen, get the paper plates out. It's too late. He's there. That's my thought. And Martha brings it to Jesus' attention and says, listen, tell her to help me. Ooh, I like that. We always got that one person in the house that will tell on you if you're not doing your part. (laughs) Jesus, help her, help me. Don't you see I'm doing all this work? And Jesus, our loving Savior Jesus, I love him so much. He says, Martha, you're worried, upset about many things, but few are needed or indeed only one. Martha, have a seat. Mary's chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Martha's doing everything, trying to get it done, trying to be super, super housewoman of the year, trying to make things perfect for Jesus, trying to do this and do that and do this and do that. And Jesus said, it's a distraction. Sometimes we get knocked off our power source because we're too busy trying to multitask and do everything that we know even Jesus may have told us, stop doing everything. But that controlling spirit in you wants to make sure that you've got it all together and you really don't and you're really falling apart and you need to sit down like Mary at the feet of Jesus and get connected back to his power. You're not the source of the power. God is the power source. So Isaiah 60 and one says arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises on you. Rise and shine, rise and shine. Reconnect to the power of God tonight." Use that power to arise. Use that power to raise up from a lower place and come to a higher level in Him. It's glory to glory, faith to faith. Use that power to rise up and stand up and remember who you are and whose you are. You are a daughter of the Most High. There is purpose in your life. God has created you for greatness. You are the head, not the tail. You are above, not beneath. You are not a weak woman of God. You are strong because you will decide to say, Can Connected to the power source and that power source is named Jesus Christ and when you plug into Jesus there is nothing that you cannot do because the God of the impossible is flowing through you I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is his power of salvation to everyone who believes I am the light of the world you woman of God are the light of the world lights are not ashamed Lights shine bright, and lights stay on because they're connected to the power. Your light makes a difference in this world. Darkness is eliminated when you're around. You change things when you walk in the room. Things are brighter when you step into it. The glory of the Lord rises on you. His power is on you, and I declare His power restored in Jesus' name. If you believe that, give God a praise in this place. Come on, give God glory, stand to your feet. Give God glory. If you believe, come on, keep on clapping, that God is restoring this conference is restoring power back to you. And I thank you, God, that all the words that have been spoken over us and the words that are even coming this evening will continue to magnify and electrify us in the spirit. And that we will leave here stronger than ever. And that we will leave here restored. And people will wonder, what happened to you at Chosen? And you're going to let them know, baby, I got the power. Come on, if you believe that, give God a shout. I love you. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting ChosenEssay.com. Be sure to follow us at ChosenEssay on Facebook and Instagram.